Hello, dear friends. We're glad to greet you again. And today we're going to talk with the esteemed Igor Mihailovich Danilov. Greetings. Igor Mihailovich, our previous video certainly made a huge impression on people. We talked about the problems that exist in society and about the forecasts that may come true if people still remain inactive. And you know, even though it was a tough conversation, on behalf of all the viewers, I thank you very much for bringing up such topics, for your care and for voicing the truth. And everyone remembered what you said in the previous video, that yes, there are problems, but all of us still have the opportunity and the chance to change a lot of things. At the same time, you said that it would be good for each person to ponder on one's spiritual salvation, that it is actually not that hard to gain life. It is even easy when there is this inner aspiration, even though shaitan is strong. However, if people are failing to gain life, they very much need to at least attain peace. That life is certainly much more beautiful than sleep, yet sleep is still better than suffering. In one of the videos, you said that in order for a person to deserve peace, he needs to direct 10% of his attention to his soul, which makes up about two and a half hours of time a day. And the following questions arose. So these two and a half hours of time, is that some special time during the day for a person to sit down and fully immerse himself in the process of this dialogue through feelings with God, with the spiritual world? Well, at least five times a day, for half an hour, would already be good. Meaning it is that minimum a person needs. That's physics. In the previous video, friends, we explained why two and a half hours and where they come from. It is 10% of your daily time. That's the minimum a person needs to devote to his spiritual development in order to attain peace. Well. I understand. Peace is wonderful, but still, life is better. And again, this is for those for whom it is difficult to practice, who are too busy. Well, indeed, a person has no time. There are certain conditions or something else. Let's say, everyday life doesn't allow him to gain life here, right? Well, it is possible to find at least 10% of time for attaining peace. Well, how to tell you, friends? We don't want to either frighten or intimidate you. That would be wrong on our part. But on the other hand, it is necessary to explain. The previous conversation was tough, but it was also necessary. And it is necessary to explain regarding the after-death destiny too. Why? Because we have a carefree attitude to what will happen after this life. Just because, friends, for many of you, this life is the meaning of existence. But the only reason for that is you don't know anything else, you don't have spiritual experience. While Shaitan is so strong, as they say, that he doesn't even let you understand that everything can be different, even here it can be different, while there, all the more. Well, there are difficulties in explaining it here. 
Yet, Igor Mikhailovich, if we speak about two and a half hours of time, which way is better? Five times a day, 30 minutes each? Or should a person actually allocate, let's say, two and a half hours at once? No. Sit down and go deep into spiritual practice? The whole point is that it should be done at least five times. Why? Just split your day when you are awake into five equal parts and observe. This is simply an experiment, friends, for you too. Tatiana doesn't need it, but for those who are interested, try it. Allocate two and a half hours for practice, and after a while, shaitan will overpower you. For many who do not have experience and simply do not live by the spiritual, for whom the meaning of their existence is here in three-dimensionality, it is hard for them to spend two and a half hours that's on the one hand. But on the other hand, for instance, you spend two and a half hours, you get up at five in the morning and stay in spiritual practice or in prayer until half past eight. You do your best and aspire. Even if everything is fine and shaitan doesn't distract you, you do well. But what about afterwards during the day? During the day, you will serve Satan. He will manipulate you as he wants. Whereas when you allocate, half an hour, five times a day, within 30 minutes, you stabilize, calm down, and really begin to generate this love. Thus you aspire. You have enough time for unity with the spiritual world, for communication with the spiritual world. And then you have a little break, relatively, let's say, until the next practice. You already think about it. You already invest attention. You do not get distracted. Even if you are distracted somewhere, you set an alarm clock, and as soon as the alarm clock goes off, you already know that it's time to practice. Right. You put all your matters aside and go into practice for another half an hour. This way, you eliminate external influence on yourself and stay for at least 10% of time during the day, but really in communication with the spiritual world, so to say. This is wonderful. In other words, this way, you will devote at least 10% of your attention to the spiritual world. Whereas if you spend two and a half hours in practice, and then you sin so much, well, we already discussed what sin is. We can repeat that as well, because many people treat sin, you know, like something invented. That it will be possible either to pay off somehow, Someday, later or to on. deceive God, or probably when retribution occurs. Yes. So people also ask about sin, that perhaps someday afterwards, when the earthly life is over, retribution for sin will occur. But when does retribution for sin occur? At the moment of committing it. At the moment of committing sin, my friends, you exactly pay for that sin with your own life. That's the problem. You once said that the system is a loan shark, that it immediately… Indeed, it takes with interest. Yes, that it takes from you right away and then only… And it will take afterwards as well. It will remind you that you have sinned. After all, you know what you're doing, don't you? You know, but you do it. Again, you do for a certain reason. We will always find a way to justify our bad actions, saying, I was doing my best for family, for friends, for people, or something else. Yes, you did your best, you served Satan, but you have actually betrayed God, haven't you? And in fact, you did your best for yourself. But for whom else? 
Even when we justify ourselves that we do it not for ourselves, but for our children or grandchildren, we do it for ourselves. In other words, you already prepare yourself for the state of subpersonality so that your children and grandchildren remember you later on and feed you when you are a subpersonality. And subpersonality very much needs to be remembered by family and friends. Preferably, the more people, the better. That's true. Yes. Another point, Igor Mikhailovich, you've said that everyone knows perfectly well and understands that he sins. There was also the following question. Does a person understand that he goes against his conscience? No. If it is beneficial for a person, he doesn't understand. His conscience is asleep. Why? The emotion of profit, the emotion of pridefulness, you know, it overrides this quiet whisper. It overwhelms. Of conscience. Therefore, no. Afterwards, maybe. Again, profit prevails over conscience. That's how we are arranged. That's how we were taught to act. It should also be understood that, excuse me, for 6,000 years we have been in Satan's slavery. Naturally, our grandfathers and fathers lived like that. And we live this way. That's the result. Look around at how low we have sunk. Regarding the very first moment, let's say, when a person feels that a sin is approaching, it is interesting that in Islam, Ibn al-Qa'im said that Allah gave the man not only the passion which commands him to obey shaitan, but he also granted him light and the mind which do not let him blindly follow his passions. There is the mind that tells a person, do not go there, sort of, beware, there is a robber waiting for you there, who will rob you of your clothes and all your means. And he said that sometimes a person agrees and doesn't go, but sometimes it happens that he goes after his passions and falls into the hands of robbers. And one day his passion asks a person, do you know how you got here? Do you know where I came from? And every person knows how he got there and which way he had been going. So, in fact, every one of us, when we sin, is like a person who gives himself into the hands of the enemy, who actually leads him somewhere and tortures him all the time. Well, this is really so. We understand perfectly well what we are doing, and we are aware of it. It's just that when we are bogged down in material problems, headlong, as they say. We don't see and don't understand anything. We are looking for a way out of a complicated situation, and we are ready for anything. You know, sort of, I wish to solve it right now, and I'll deal with it later. Yes. And then, as you correctly said, the system also justifies a person. Of course it that does. That you were sort of doing that for your children or something else, and you hear these justifications in your head all the time, and you realize, wait a minute, who is suddenly persuading you in your head, and of what? Who? If you are right, then you are right. Yes. You don't need to be persuaded, and you don't need… To reason it all, yes. Of course. To choose the facts in order to… Absolutely. People ask, but who is speaking? It's demons, as they say. Right. It's the devil's advocates who have pushed you to commit a sin and then accuse you of it and dissuade you, saying that you did the right thing. Well, they benefit from this. But what about you, my friend? Do you benefit from this or not? It's not beneficial for a person. Again, even if we proceed from the consumerist format, how can a person benefit from the state of subpersonality? My friends, it is death, it is finiteness. Having a chance to live, we exchange it 
for some momentary illusions and delusions. Our entire life here, believe me, is an instant. It's an illusion. Many people will not understand, especially those who are young. But talk to old people, look at them. After all, they are the same children they used to be. However, life flew by and they didn't notice it. Why does it happen so? Because they weren't with God. But when a person is with God, when he lives regardless of age, it doesn't matter whether he is young or old, life is seething in him. The only thing that holds him is this world and this body, which he has no right to get rid of until its last breath, and which he must cherish. If a person tries to get rid of his body, he will become mortal. Well, an alive one won't do that. But with someone approaching life, consciousness can play such a joke, sort of, speed this up, and you will soar up. These are, again, the devil's tricks. You speed it up, yet you don't soar up, but fall down instead. It happens. To knock a person down at the final stage. Of course. You know, to shoot an angel on takeoff is a thrill for Satan. Like in hunting. It's sort of hunting for game. So you shouldn't be game. You should always think and listen to the innermost, what comes from the spiritual world, it will never lie. And we all understand perfectly well that since we are here, even after gaining life, we still have to be here as long as we are supposed to be and serve already the spiritual world. The main thing is to stop being a slave of Satan, right? Right. You know, Igor Mikhailovich, you said that a person should actually distribute his attention correctly. Of course. That's either 80 to 20 percent or even better, 90 to 10 percent. It is better. And you know, I also came across the following example in Christianity, that the life of a believer, of a person who goes to God, should be like a wheel, which touches the ground only with its smallest part at some time, while the rest of the time it stays above the ground. And indeed, there are so many things in our world, so many things that ground us, but we so much need precisely… Excuse me, Tatiana, there is nothing here that would ground us except Satan. My friends, look carefully, where are you? Where are you? After all, you are in the illusion of perception. Everything else external is secondary. Whatever you perceive, you perceive through your consciousness. You live by consciousness. That's what relates to three-dimensionality. Isn't that true? So what grounds us? Nothing but our perception. But when we pay our full attention to what is mundane, what happens to us? A simple question. We become flesh. Yes. In which, as it is also said in Christianity, the Holy Spirit does not abide. Of course, He cannot be there. That's the reason why He cannot abide there, because they are flesh. Right. Because, excuse me, when a person becomes flesh, he's like a pig wallowing in mud. Whereas the Holy Spirit won't enter a pig. And this is true, friends. Therefore, think, but without Him there will be no life. It's impossible. So in order to gain the Holy Spirit, this true God's love, you have to do your best. 
and not to slide into the bestial state like a pig. Then there will be everything. Igor Mikhailovich. There will be life. There will be everything, friends. There is another question, Igor Mikhailovich. Guys, ask the following question. Sometimes it happens that some people just haven't felt this bright flash of contact with the spiritual world. They cling to this life and nothing already stops them. And they just continue to go deeper into the state and form this life in themselves, form an angel in themselves. Well, there are other people who find it sort of a little more difficult. What is this related to and why does it happen this way? Well, let's consider the following situation. Some people have just embarked on the spiritual path. They were atheists before that, but when they encounter the true knowledge, try to use it, and everything works out for them, they are immediately filled with God's love. And for them, the transition is like a bright light. After gaining life, they themselves become fireflies. And they describe that it's like an insight, like a flash. The world has changed so much while others have been working for years and nothing seems to change for them. Consciousness may say, you've been working on yourself for so many years, but you sort of don't even reach your first experience yet, or something else. And here's the key answer that Tatiana has just voiced. Consciousness says, and a person keeps listening to consciousness, it's hard for him to differentiate where he is as personality. And a larger part of his spiritual practice is performed under the guidance of the system itself, meaning the demon rules a person at this time. Even if a person strives, does his best, it is hard for him. Again, a person even grows spiritually, but his consciousness tells him that you haven't achieved anything yet, you have wasted years in vain. Why is it so? A person doesn't see his growth. Right, this very path. Yes, how far he has advanced, what changes have taken place in him, and why is it a bright flash for some people, while for others it is darkness, supposedly. You know, I'll give you the following example. Let's imagine that we are all born in a cave. And in order to come out into the light, everyone has to surmount their path. However, some people are lucky. They are near the door, while others are in a deep, deep cave, and also with a blocked passage. So they have to make their way through the rock. One just has to swing the door open, and he's in the bright sun. And this bright flash is a time of adaptation until he gets used to the light, while others have to spend their whole lives digging the rock, tearing their nails off in blood in order to make their way to the light. And that's where the most interesting thing happens. A person has broken through when there's a thin beam. He cannot even see it, but he sees that it gets a little bit brighter, right? Later on, it gets even brighter. But the person continues to work, continues to make his way to the light through the rock. He already sees himself well. He already sees everything around him. He already sees, as they say, that there is the sun outside. He sees, but he is still trapped in the rock. Is he growing or not? Of course, at least the direction is right. But for a person, it takes place very slowly and with great difficulty. It does. And consciousness tells him, you are nothing, you are nowhere. You know, that reminds me of a story from my life, let's say, from medical practice. It happens quite often that they bring patients who are unable to walk. A person was lying there for six months and nothing helped. They couldn't get him back on his feet. We start working with the person, and he stands up in a day, walks on crutches, 
After a couple of days, he already uses a cane. And later on he walks without a cane. So he comes and says, Doc, when will I feel better? You look at him and say, wait, 10 days ago. You were a bed patient. Yes, but he was in a lying position. You were lying for six months, and now you walk. You yourself arrived in a car, and you're saying that it doesn't help you. As a rule, you know, people are like, well, of course, if we compare it that way, then yes. Yes, exactly. But it still hurts. Again, everyone's consciousness works in its own way. Everyone wants it fast. Yet, who inside him wants it to be fast? Is it really a human as personality? No. A human, as personality, perceives even the slightest changes, while consciousness doesn't want it at all. That is why consciousness literally begins to flood him with questions, stories, belittling of a person, and the person gets confused and says, Yes, indeed. I've spent so much time on those practices, but no metamorphosis happened. I haven't seen bright light. I haven't learned some language that I didn't know, right? Again, I cannot walk on water. Well, this is actually… Enlightenment hasn't come. Yes, enlightenment hasn't come. Access to the universal database isn't open. Of course. Why? Because consciousness mixes everything. All fairy tales that priests made up in all religions taken together, that a human is supposed to walk on water, fly in the air, and so on, right? And to possess additional consciousness. Sure, of course, of course. He is supposed to know everything, and most importantly about everyone. Friends of mine, this is magic. And priests invented all this in order to seduce fools. Meanwhile, the spiritual world won't give you any magic skills. It will give you life. It can make you equal among the equals. Among the equals, I emphasize those who create worlds like ours. Is that bad? A simple question. Well, a human is a weak being. He strives for magic. Yet what is magic for? Who hasn't dreamed of magic abilities, like those of a superhero, as they show in all sorts of movies nowadays? And what does a person need those abilities for? Domination. Well, you know, they lie, as they always do, trying to justify that they would use those abilities to help people, simply to attract the attention of others. Isn't that so? Just imagine that you possess abilities which you cannot use anywhere, in any way at all, but you do have them. And no one will see. And no one will see. So what do you need them for, right? Therefore, you see, far and wide on the spiritual path, well, not those who break through the rock, but those who open the door with a kick, so to say, most often. The system seduces the latter ones with magic, with unusual skills. What for? So that a person would get distracted by some extrasensory abilities, which suddenly manifest in him. And instead of taking a step and walking out the door, the open door opened wide before him. A person goes back into the darkness of the cave, playing with the light that he can emit from his own hands. Well, this is interesting. You cannot see that in the light under the sun, but in the darkness you can see it brightly and well. So while he was playing with the glare of his own hands, the door closed. And it's no longer that kind of door which was easy to open but already the kind of, you know, safe door, with a code that he won't be able to unlock. He seemed to be standing near, and the door was already open, but he didn't take a step, became distracted. His consciousness seduced him. Such things happen too. 
and instead of life, a person gains death. Even worse, in our understanding, you know, consciousness says, what is death? It's like peace, you are gone, and that's it. Or it says something good like, what can be worse than here, right? It tells you this kind of stuff too. It can be worse, friends. You know, I could tell you a lot of things, but I somehow don't want to scare you. May I use an allegory to explain what the state of subpersonality and peace are in comparison? I'm not talking about life. This is, again, a story from life. A long time ago, though over 20 years ago, I didn't live in the capital city, but I had to visit the capital for a day to talk to people. I spent one night on the train, a day in the capital, and another night going back home. Again, I thought, I have little time, and it is somehow indecent to meet with people in old, threadbare shoes. Right, friends? I put on new shoes. I was going there for just one day. Would you take an extra pair of shoes with you in such a case? Sort of with suitcases. Why would you need them? It's better to go light, with a minimum of necessary things. So after that trip, I barely limped home on both feet, took off those new shoes, and put on my favorite slippers. Well, those who experienced such a thing will understand. No suffering. Absolutely right. This is incomparable to the difference between the state of subpersonality and peace. But it at least gives a little understanding of what new shoes with a long walk in them and home slippers are. You know, Igor Mikhailovich, when you were recounting this example with the cave, indeed, consciousness says to a lot of people that they are weak, that they won't succeed. Of course it says. And basically, it is that product which a person buys from the system. Definitely. In other words, this whining, this very state… But we listen to this whining. Friends of mine, if you feel very bad, no matter what happened, the most terrible thing happened to you during your lifetime that may happen to a human, and you let's say, survived, you can analyze and think. It is good if you can perceive information as well. Then do not scold either God or the devil or anyone else. Do not scold anyone for what has happened to you or is happening right now. When there is no prospect for tomorrow, do you know why? Because you, yourselves, bought what has happened or is happening to you. You paid for it all. Some people will say, Oh no, what are you saying? I was good. I didn't even think about it. And I didn't order it. Recall. Sit down, calm down and recall. And you will see that you knowingly pay in advance for everything that is happening. You know, it's like you buy a product that is supposed to come to you in a while, but you've already paid for it in advance. This is called a prepayment. The same as in this case. Far and wide, we prepay. And then we get what we don't want. And you shouldn't give way to despair, no matter what happens. I'll put it simply. Your life 
is your state of perception of your own consciousness. Pay consciousness only for good news, and you will have them. Pay for a good mood, and you will have it. Pay for health, and you will have it. But do not pay with everything you have to the last penny. Leave at least 10% of your attention in order to at least buy peace. This is valuable and important. You know, house slippers and new shoes are a huge difference. Think about that. Yet, it is even better, friends, honestly. You know, when you have an opportunity to buy a wonderful life here, and an opportunity to buy eternal life, and not just eternal life, but eternal life in the spiritual world, in the world of our Lord God. What can be better, friends? In my opinion, nothing. And is it worth trading eternity among the most worthy ones for slavery to Satan? A simple question. These are incomparable things. Treat what you have economically. You know, you can make a lot of money. Today you have it, tomorrow you don't. The day after tomorrow, you have a whole lot. But you cannot replenish attention. As much as you've been given is what you have in order to gain life, or in order to buy a lot of problems for yourselves. And then also hell, the state of subpersonality. Why would you need that, friends? You know, a big problem is that as long as a person is under the power of consciousness, he doesn't understand this. People do not perceive what you and I are discussing. When the devil covers their ears, and closes their eyes. This is true. It's enough for a person merely to devote a little bit of time for himself, even as we said, 10%. Five times a day for half an hour is merely 10%. That's for you, for a start, to really observe yourself and your consciousness, how it works, what it gives, and whether you are a master of your own consciousness or not. Does it actually give you what you want? Or does it twist you the way it likes? After gaining this experience, a person will already begin to understand that not everything is so simple, and consciousness is far from being him, that it's not his tool. But a human is here exactly in order to defeat Satan in himself, first and foremost. While those who embark on the path of service should help to defeat him and others as well. That's the meaning of service itself. So, friends, you shouldn't give way to despair in any case, and do not blame anyone all the more. Why? Because everything that is happening you know, sometimes it even happens that a person gets a light, fleeting thought. He merely thinks, when taking the wheel, that, God forbid, I get in a car accident. And then a month or a year later, he gets in a car accident. 
He says, how come? I thought about it a year ago, but I got into it now. How can this be, right? Well, this is, again, the effect of prepayment. You paid a year ago, and then you paid interest. And when the amount had piled up, you received what you bought. My friends, pay only for good things. Pay for love, for joy, for happiness. Spend your attention on gaining joy, love and life. This is most worthy of your attention. While you should still begin precisely with love. Right? Friends, let's just love each other. Thank you. Thank you so much, Igor Mikhailovich. Thank you, friends. Thank you for being with us. Thank you.